Hello and welcome to the Economy Bytes podcast. The podcast features the latest market and economic updates from the economics and sustainability team at PwC Middle East, as featured in our monthly Transforming Our Region webinar. In this episode, we hear from Jing Tio, a director in the economics and sustainability team at PwC Middle East. And as always, we start the year with our view on the five economic themes that will shape the region in the coming year. Um, so let me start with the first. Despite the moderation in global economic growth, we expect growth across the GCC countries to remain resilient. And this will be aided by diversification efforts and continued government investment in the non-oil sectors. After a year of high inflation and even higher interest rates, we expect inflation to cool this year, and we may even finish the year with lower interest rates than when we started. So, but just hang on, more of these two in a minute. And one of the most striking things that we saw last year was the massive growth in Saudi tourism. According to the World Tourism Organization, the kingdom emerged as the second fastest growing tourism destination in the world in Q1 of last year. While this is from a low base, its rise seems inexorable, with huge investments into tourism infrastructure revitalizing key heritage sites, as well as positioning itself as a global and regional hub for sporting events and conferences. And with this pace of growth, it appears well on its way to achieve its target of almost doubling the GDP contribution of the tourism sector from 6 to 10% by 2030, and we expect this trend to continue. The five themes are, of course, incomplete without a mention of uh, Gen AI. Last year, we saw significant investments from technology groups in the region and Gen AI, and we expect this to continue this year, especially in industries that are characterized by large-scale customer interactions, which can now be much more personalized. The question for policymakers is ensuring that this, these technologies are used in a responsible way, especially where they concern the use of personal data, as well as dealing with the risk of bias. And in line with this, we expect further regulatory developments in this area across the region. And then finally, the GCC countries, particularly the UAE, you know, which is still basking in the success of last year's COP, are asserting themselves as key players in the net zero transition. Now, this is not without substance. These countries are backed by significant financial resources as well as leadership commitment to the net zero agenda. And so we expect more deals, investments and regulatory developments in this area. So just double clicking on the first two themes, global growth slowed last year as we saw high inflation and a tighter monetary policy environment weigh on demand and investment. There was a bit of a slowdown in the GCC as well, but the drivers here are different. So firstly, there were base effects because of the post-pandemic recovery in economic activity. If you recall, in 2022, KSA was the fastest growing economy in the G20, but it was also reduced uh, oil sector activity influenced by deeper than expected OPEC plus production cuts, particularly in Saudi Arabia. However, growth in the non-oil sectors, both in manufacturing and services, made up for the weakness in the oil sector. Government spending and population growth also supported uh, consumer spending. This year, we expect more of the same trends to continue, which is that growth will be uneven across different regions. So global growth will continue at roughly the same pace as last year. 
um, and barring any major problems, most large economies should also avoid recessions this year. Whereas within the GCC, strong performance in non-all sectors is expected to continue, especially in the UAE and Saudi Arabia. And this is underpinned by robust private spending, targeted investments, and flexible fiscal policies. Now, the performance of the oil sector, on the other hand, that will very much depend on where things go in terms of production levels. Currently, oil markets are very finely balanced. And although OPEC is quite bullish in terms of its expectations for oil demand this year, much of this increase is actually going to be met by non-OPEC plus suppliers in the Americas. And this means that in order to preserve oil prices where they are currently, OPEC plus production will likely remain constrained. And In fact, Saudi Arabia and a number of other countries have already committed to voluntary cuts through to the first quarter of this year. So in short, the GCC is navigating through this global economic deceleration with resilience. And while the region is not entirely insulated from global challenges, the diversified economy, robust fiscal positions should contribute to an overall positive outlook. Now, the other question on everyone's mind is, where are we expecting inflation and interest rates to go this year? Headline inflation in advanced economies have been trending downwards and should continue to move lower. There was a bit of a pickup in December last year, but by and large, inflation has moderated since late 2022. Now, the question for policymakers will be when to cut rates rather than how much to raise this further by. In fact, just late last year, the markets expected rates to start declining as early as the middle of this year, as you can see from this chart here. But that said, policymakers are understandably wary of cutting rates too quickly for a number of reasons. So firstly, while high interest rates are working its way through core inflation, for many markets, it's still higher than target and it is you know, proving very sticky to dislodge. And as we can see, heightened geopolitical tensions in the region have also contributed to these upward price pressures that we have seen. And that could also disrupt global oil trade as well as drive up oil prices further should they escalate or persist. And a very tangible manifestation of this is a disruption that we are already seeing to Red Sea trade. It is a major choke point that accounts for more than 10% of global seaborne oil trade and some companies are already diverting trade from this route down to the Cape of Good Hope but this results in longer voyage times and additional fuel costs and thus higher shipping costs as a result and we've already seen container freight rates on some routes more than tripling in January and although shipping costs may be a very small share of the overall cost of goods these effects can stack very quickly because it affects multiple parts of the uh, supply chain. And any escalation could also have an impact on other major choke points, such as the Strait of Hormuz. And the disruption to major shipping channels is also as much a climate issue as it is a geopolitical one. So, for example, trade through the Panama Canal, which accounts for 40% of global cargo traffic flows, has also been disrupted because of the drought caused by El Nino and water levels are you know, not sufficiently high to sustain a high number of, of ship crossings as before. So all of these risks combined mean that you know, businesses, policymakers may respond with an increasingly protectionist approach 
trade and that will lead to more fragmentation and ultimately higher cost of goods and services. But in summary, you know, rate cuts are still on the horizon this year, but the timing and pace of these cuts will be determined essentially by how quickly inflation declines. And these cuts will obviously be mirrored by the central banks in the GCC as well, and that will have positive impacts on borrowing costs. However, we still need to be alive to some of these risks to inflation, particularly from external shocks that could affect commodity prices and shipping costs. So there was just a quick canter through the five themes. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Tune in again next month for a new episode of Economy Bites.